All right, guys, how you doing? Gabe DeArm and Gerard Hamilton here live from the press box at Memorial Stadium looking over Faroe Field, Missouri, a 17-14, believe it or not, winner over Vanderbilt. I know it might not feel that way. Missouri did win the game. Um, appreciate all of you guys joining us live. This is the 573Ts.com postgame show, 573Ts downtown columbia alley a between 9th and 10th street just to block off broadway but go to 573tees.com to do all your shopping we've uh we've got some power mizzou gear uh that they've made for us all kinds of stuff and uh appreciate all you guys who are already here i know we're a little bit late getting going but we can't control how long the game goes and how long post-game interviews go so uh see all your comments all your questions we'll do our best to catch up to them but we always like to start with some opening thoughts so just gerard uh you know, sitting a few hundred feet above the field. What do you think, man? What do you come out of this one? What's the main narrative? Well, first off, let me just tell everybody, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so that, that explains the hoodie and my voice may be a little bit off. But um, the first half was really good. I mean, they got that first drive touchdown, and then the second half happened. And you just start thinking, wow, you are a couple bandy missed field goal kicks away from being down 20 to 17 with four minutes left. You are a couple missed field goals away. I mean, even if you add in Harrison Mevis, if he makes his field goal and Bandy makes theirs two field goals, it's still 2020. So you're, you know, a couple field goals, whatever, away from being in a tie ball game versus the 130th ranked total defense and scoring defense in the FBS. I mean, it it was it was had me in the first half, and it just got drastically worse in the second half. So I, I feel like there's always two ways to look at a game. And there are two ways to look at this one. The first one, and look, this is valid. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, is, well, this was Vanderbilt. They'd lost 27 straight games to Power 5 teams. They'd been outscored 162-10 to 10 in SEC play. It's embarrassing to only beat them 17-14. I get it. Same token. Gerard, you're feeling sick as a dog right now. If somebody comes up to you and says, yo, here's a microwave can of crappy chicken noodle soup, like you'd, you'd take it, right? You'd rather have that than, than nothing, right? I mean, yeah, I would like yeah. to so, like so, so my point being, this team just spent the last three weeks finding every way it could to lose a game. They won this one. It has to, it doesn't cover up everything, but it does count for something that they won 17 14 rather than losing 20 to 17 or going to. I thought they were going to go to overtime and get beat. Well, I really didn't because I don't think Vanderbilt has a kicker that could have sent it to overtime. But my point is, I understand all the frustration. And I'm sure most of the comments are frustration. And we're right there with you. Like there was, even Eli Drinkwood said after that game, he said, there was some really bad stuff. And when I said, can you like, can you detail what you mean by really bad stuff? He just said, did you watch the second half, Gabe? And he's right. It was all awful. But it was awful and they won the game. So that has to count for something. The other thing that I know there's going to be questions about, but I think we need to talk about right off the top. Eli did say after the game, the plan was to play Sam Horn. They wanted to play him. They thought about playing him early because he said it never got to a point where I felt like we could play him because he thought at 17 nothing they might have a chance, but then Vanderbilt got the touchdown to make it 17-7. And I said, so was the plan 
only to play him if the score was kind of in hand. And he said, we, we thought about playing him early, but then the offense drove for two touchdowns and looked good early. And so they then they gave Brady Cook the last drive of the first half. You can't put Sam Horn out there with a minute left. I mean, what's your, what's your take on the quarterback situation? Because it sounds to me like they want to play Sam Horn, but they just didn't feel – we were sitting in the press box saying the same thing. We were saying, we know he's going to play, but, like, there hasn't really been a time that it makes sense to put him in. I think even after halftime, if they was up, you know, second, I don't, what was it, 17 7 and a half? When did they get that? 17 ball? nothing at half, and then Missouri very quickly had the, the strip sack that gave him a touchdown. Okay, yeah. I was, I still thought going into half that, you know, Brady Cook should play. They would have got another touchdown, yeah, but yeah, there was no, there was no, I thought this whole game, there was not an opportunity for uh, Sam Horn to play. Um, it is interesting that they wanted him to play early. He, like you said, he he said there was a plan for him to play early, but I I think there's two ways people could look at that. I think that just meant if they were winning big, not like you know we was gonna let Brady start and then like I think it was just if they were up you know a reasonable amount and they just couldn't get there, and so um, I mean that lets us know that he is going. I think. I think it's possible he may get that chance versus South Carolina, depending on how, how you know things look, because he mentioned how the other, you know, true freshmen playing, like they've earned that time, so they're gonna get the playing time. That's how he feels about Sam Horn now. Yeah. Or if the second half had been the first half, I think Sam Horn plays. Like if they've got 75 yards of offense in the first half and they're doing nothing, I think Sam Horn comes in. But it was they started out well, so you don't yank a guy that's led two touchdown drives. And then there's just no time you can put I, – I mean, let's be honest. Maybe Sam Horn's way better, and maybe he wins that game by three touchdowns, but that was a three-point game. Throwing in a true freshman who had never seen the field before, if he does that for even just a throwaway drive in the second quarter, there's a decent chance we're sitting here talking about a team that just lost to Vanderbilt. And uh, that, that would not be ideal. So – Let's do it this way. Let's run through uh, some of your guys' comments and questions, and then uh, then we'll just kind of give up to give some wrap up thoughts at the end. But we want the focus to to be you guys. And and Joe says when Mizzou went up fourteen nothing in the second quarter, that would have been the ideal time to give Sam Horn a series. I kind of agree, but I, I don't know what that what message that sends your starting quarterback. Hey, you're finally playing well, and we're going to yank you off the field. Yeah, and same thing with that last drive. Uh, I said something. That last drive of the first half, I said to Gabe, this is some type of development in Brady Cook's season because anytime there's like a four-minute offense type of deal, he can't do it. They can't get down the field. Them getting a field goal was the first time all season that we've seen them be able to go from one side of the field to the other and get points in a timely manner. And, like, you can't yank him after that, though. That's why I thought he, he should have started at least the, the second half. So, um, yeah, you can't you can't yank them after going up, you know, the points they were up. And they just, every time you thought this game was getting put away, they refused to do it. I mean, Mevis misses a field goal. Pete fumbles the football. Uh, the defense makes its one bad play of the day and gives up an 80-yard touchdown. Like, that game should have been over so much sooner than it was. Yeah, let me, I'm looking at the drive chart right now. Let me, let me count this real quick. I think they had, what, 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 drives. 13 drives, but 12 not counting the kneel downs. Okay, so we got a punt, field goal attempt, 
fumble, punt, fumble, punt, punt, punt. Now those are an interception. Those aren't in order, but that's just telling you nine of those drives, you know, didn't do anything. Or obviously it helped Vanderbilt. So that's that's very telling that a team that's almost allow that's allowing almost 500 yards is causing that t- that much you know havoc on the team. Yeah, I mean this offense is look it's broken. Uh, I mean let's just it, so seven seven deuce says they need to play power bar no more side to side plays. Uh, whatever happened to Michael Cox? A lot of things there. So I said to you at seventeen seven. I said I would not throw another pass all game. I would just hand the ball off. I would run three times. I would punt every possession, and I think you'll win this game 17-7. Like, it it sucks, but the object is to win games, and this offense makes mistakes when they try to do anything other than punt the football. So, I don't know. Once you get a lead where you feel like, hey, this is enough, I, I would just go conservative. And I would do it with Cody Schrader, believe it or not. Oh, you done turned, you done turned over a new leaf, Gabe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, like, we've been talking all season. Brady Cook's not going to win you games. For the most part, he's not going to lose you games. This definitely was a game where he didn't lose it for them, but he was just there. That interception was terrible. Um, the fumble's not his fault, but, I mean, he has these games where his stats look good, and then, but then it'll be like interception or two interceptions, no touchdown, one touchdown, one interception. Where it's just like, I mean, it's it's not even. It's like it's just neutral. It's nothing positive or negative too much. It just always feels neutral. Well, and this is just a feeling more than anything. But to me, his mistakes—they're not just like, oh man, that hurts. They're like catastrophic. Oh my God, that's the one thing you can't do. Mistakes like. At halftime of this game, he was 14 for 19 for 195 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's going to win most games. He only made one bad throw, but it was, I mean, it was just awful. And it was an interception on the 20. And then, you know, he gets sacked and and fumbles. And that's not his fault. Drinkwood said it was a three-step drop there. You know, the line didn't block. And then the, the, the defender hurdles Cody Schrader. Like, that's not on Brady Cook. It just comes at the worst possible time. So I think it's it seems even worse than it is because it, it's like every mistake he makes doesn't just nullify the good stuff. It, like, puts an extra layer of crap on top of the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, some of the things, of course, are unfortunate. Again, we no one credited that that fumble, like like the one versus Abilene Christian where he lost it and they scored – no one credits those to to him. It's definitely the offensive line. But I'll let you segue into when we're going to talk about the offensive line because I, I got something to yeah. say. Okay, so let's let's talk about the offensive line. Look, it's awful. I, I I don't know how else to put it. It was awful today. I mean, you you gave gave me the stat uh, beginning of the game. Bandy had what seven tackles for a loss. That was their team high. That was their season high against Hawaii, against which Hawaii. At one point, I said should be relegated out of uh, FBS football. Yeah. Okay, correct. And then they're averaging five tackles for loss per game. And midway through the second quarter, they had six. They finished with 11 and three sacks. I mean, to Vanderbilt, to I mean, their run defense is their best part of their defense, ranked 87th. That's not that great. But you could have 
for Nate Pete in that offensive line, that was Alabama across the field from them. They couldn't get nothing going. They couldn't get nothing going. And that's that's this was their game, kind of like Abilene Christian, kind of like La Tech, where they could have got that momentum building as they go face 61st ranked South Carolina next week, uh, as far as defense. And now you're barely you don't even get to 20 versus Vandy. And why why, Gerard, why did it seem like the line blocked well when Cody Schrader ran the ball? and not when Brett, when Nate Pete did. Because that can't be the case, right? It can't just be that they did a really good job when Cody Schrader was in the game and a really bad job when Nate Pete was in the game. There's no way it works out that way. I saw a couple plays where when they bounce it, you know, east and west where, you know, Pete's going, he's going to the right, and instead of immediately just trying to go, you know, just trying to take it inside, do an inside zone type of thing, He's breaking it as an outside zone, and that's probably the way it's schemed up. But when he does that, for one, they don't have the speed, it feels like, to do that. The offensive line cannot stop the defenders from, you know, keeping contained. So he'll go to the right or to the left, get bounced out for minus two yards, then he gets tackled. So I don't know. It just seems like Cody Schrader, we know he really doesn't have the speed, but he can go in between the tackles. So I guess that they're just playing to his strengths. And thinking, you know, Pete's a little faster than him, so we can try to do both of them. They should have just kept going straight up the gut with him. Schrader and Burden carried the ball 15 times for 94 yards. Nate Pete, Brady Cook, and Dominic Lovett combined for 23 carries. Any idea how many yards offhand draw? 23 carries. How many yards do you think those guys had? Seven. Five. 23 okay. carries for five yards. Um, and now that does include some sacks, obviously. Uh, the 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 reverse to Dominic Lovett has to go away. It's going to get him hurt. And uh, yeah. Nate Pete, look, I, I don't care about the 11 carries for eight yards. I care that he just had a second gigantic fumble that could have lost. Like, that's what gets you put – that's what gets you put down second string. Like, I, I would rather have a guy that runs for 20 yards in a game than a guy that runs for 100 but puts the ball on the ground. And I promise coaches would too. I just – Nate Pete is just an interesting tale, like Brady Cook, because coming into the season, had one 100-yard rushing game, and then he had two 100-yard rushing games, you know, you know, versus uh, Auburn and versus Florida. But he also had just one lost fumble in his career before he came to – Now he's got now two. Now two. So – it's just it's highs and lows for him. Yeah. Uh, Ross Tree TV says our biggest problem on offense is first downs. We lose yards almost every time. I mean, Gerard, you wrote about that earlier. Yes, in the last, I, I don't know what it was today, but in the last three weeks, they had 38 times where they were in second and eight or longer. And this mm -hmm. offense just, you, they can't overcome that. Yep. And, 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 and to go off of that, um, that's second and eight, whether it's penalty, sacks, tax for loss, whatever it may be. But this offensive line, I mean, again, another thing where it's up and down, this offensive line, I don't think they had an offensive penalty on the line that I, I can remember. I don't think they but, had an offensive. They had one illegal man downfield, but I think he yeah. got waved off. Oh, yeah. So when you think about that, like, ah, oh, discipline, discipline play. But, again, a level, 11 tackles for loss, three sacks. I mean, they – can't put together a disciplined game and a good game to save their life. It's either penalties, a lot of penalties, um, good play and costly penalties like Georgia, or they're playing, you don't have penalties, but they're just terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex says this team continues to look unprepared. Is this going to improve? I, 
I didn't think this team looked unprepared today. The penalties were way down. They came out, scored an opening drive touchdown for the first time all year. The defense looked prepared as hell. I, I mean, look, this was a talent thing. To, they're just not good enough to play 60 minutes. I, I don't. They don't have enough good players to play 60 minutes. I, I don't know how else to put it. So is it going to improve? If they get better players, yes. Yeah, I, this is the first time all season where I think this was a game where it was strictly the talent. I didn't think there wasn't too many play calls where I was just and, like. And, and we're not saying that Vanderbilt has more talent than Missouri. That's not. No, 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 no. But execution. These players right. have to execute. And this is the first time I really felt. I probably said twice, like, why are they doing that play? Like the QB draw on the last yeah. offensive possession, before not counting the kneel. Right. I hate when he does that. And then that play to Toski Dove where he eliminates one whole side of the field and has Toski as his only receiver. I forgot what. I don't know, that may have been early on in the game, but I don't really love that. But besides those two plays, I can't think of a lot where I'm like, drink really? So this was right. execution on the players' parts today, more so than it was coaching. And, of course, the defense, they're going to do their part. And like you told me, they can't be perfect. I mean, they only truly gave up seven points. Yeah, no question. Uh, carried by dad joke that the show started late because Gerard wants to find a new team to cover. <laughs> Well, guys, this is, I mean, this is interesting. We got, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Let's see. Uh, rolling through Patrick Aaron says at least South Carolina isn't playing well. They're working Texas A&M 17 six right now. Uh, let's see. Mizzou's DC has done a very respectable job. Watch him get poached by a program looking for a new DC. Look, that's it. Yeah, that could happen. Like Blake Baker's been really good. Now I think also the players deserve credit. Like, Chris Abrams' drain is a better player than he was last year. Ennis Rakestraw is a way better player than he was last year. Jalen Carlisle is better than he was last year. Joseph Charleston is better than whoever was playing that spot last year. Darius Robinson is finally playing the way people have thought he could play for three years. Like, But, yes, Blake Baker has done a phenomenal job. I don't think there's any way you could argue that, right? Yeah. Now, I think when uh, before the season started, I, I – when I was breaking down Blake, there was something that I read that like he was really good in his first seasons with a new team when he's the DC. He usually flips them around. Now as years progress, it's not as great as that first season. So it'd be great to see him have another year at Missouri just to see if this can be something sustained. But definitely, I can definitely see someone poaching him. And, and again, it's on the talent of the defense. I mean, this secondary is awesome. I straight is just is great, and it's saving I him again. Here's one. I, I know they have two NFL players in their secondary. Oh, Jalen Carlisle and Chris Abrams Drain are playing on Sunday. Could they have four? Like, I don't look at Charleston and think NFL safety, but he's pretty good, man. Um, and Ennis Rakestraw is playing really well. He has. I, I'd like to see how this goes throughout the season for Ennis, though, because I don't oh, have I this. I, I don't have the same comfortability. Like when I know about KD, I know whatever receivers in his face is usually going to do well. And I still, when I think Ennis, I'm thinking he's playing much better, but I just always think about the beginning of that K-State game where it just looks like they was purposely targeting him and things happen. But since then, since that first half really of that game, he's really been playing well. So I want to see if it's the same. But 
They definitely have two in the secondary for sure. Yeah. I think that's the big difference in this defense because Ennis even said last week, he said, look, coming into this year, I knew people were going to throw at me because they, I know what KAD is on the other side. And so do they, I knew they were going to, well, now you can't really just pick on Ennis because he's playing. He might not be playing as well as KAD is, but, but I mean, he's up there. Oh, uh, that's actually a uh, matchup. Yeah. That's actually a matchup. Yeah. I mean, obviously KAD missed the game, but there he's, right. it's not like it's, a big deficit. Yeah. Uh, Stewart says Mizzou's defense is good enough to keep them in most games. The problem is you got to score points to win. Like, Gerard, I just – I can't – the defense has been phenomenal, but it's been even better because, like, they literally go out there every game knowing they have to be perfect. I mean, this defense was perfect, and then they messed, made one bad play and found themselves in a three-point game. They made one bad play the entire game, and they had a three-point lead. Yeah, Gabe was literally That's saying like, like the whole third quarter. like He's like, he kept saying, one missed tackle away from this being a three-point game. And then it happened, and I just uh, – I forgot somebody – There's asked just me, no margin for error at all. It's it's not it. And someone asked me, I think, during the, um, during the Q&A sessions, like maybe it was Q&A or maybe it was – no, I was doing something for a Vander, a Vandy guy. He was like, uh, Mizzou's, uh, they're allowing like 24 points per game and stuff like that. I'm just like, mm, not so fast. I mean, there's pick sixes. There are spots where the special teams lets them down, and now they're really close in the red zone. There's tons of things that, you know, kind of get labeled on the defense, and it's not the defense. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's four non-offensive touchdowns this year. And, look, I don't have stats in front of me, but – you take four touchdowns off the board. And by the way, how many times has a team started in at like the 30-yard line and had an automatic field goal or, or an automatic touchdown? I mean, this defense has given up so it, – it, it's so much better than even the numbers look. Logan Marty says Vandy gave Ole Miss hell last week. No, Vandy led Ole Miss at halftime and got beat 52-28. They didn't give Ole Miss hell. They hung with Ole Miss for a half, and then they got their doors blown off which is what should have happened here. Now, Missouri's not as good as Ole Miss, but look, I'll give the team this. They needed a win. They found a way to get one. Good for them. They should not apologize for that. But our job is not to sit and just look at the final score and decide, okay, that's good enough. That wasn't good enough, man. It's it's not. And they were talking, I think it was Cody Schrader said, this win gives them momentum. And I guess in some aspects it does. I mean, it gives the defense momentum. I mean, Again, holding a SEC team to 14 points when you're not including the the pick sixes and the easy field position, they're they only allowed two touchdowns a game. And they, well, really, they let they just gave they allowed one today. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's momentum for them. But at the same time, though, there was a point when that kickoff didn't go right, didn't go their way. It just felt like the defense, like you could kind of see, like here we go again. Here we've got to save them again. And I mean, obviously, that has nothing to do with and the they offense. Did. It was the wind and all that stuff, but it's just like you could kind of see it on their face. It's like, how many times are we going to have to put on the cape and save the day, or at least try to? Stewart says Vandy has improved. I, I argue. I, I fight back on that. That was an that was a barely functional football team today. That offense was awful. I, I mean, they couldn't do. And now, does Missouri deserve some credit for that? Absolutely, but they couldn't do anything offensively. And I'm not convinced Vandy's defense has improved. I just think Missouri's offense is that bad. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say. I mean, Mike Wright. 
I said it during the game. He he throws passes like a punter sometimes, man. I mean, I don't I don't know what was going on. He got the he got the touchdown, you know, off that seven yard hitch route or whatever it was. But I mean, Vandy's pretty bad. It's just the Mizzou's offensive line and their offense in general just made them look like man, like they're great. They're greater than they are. Yeah. Eddie says start and a lot of people have said this. Eddie's the one I'm putting on screen. Start Sam Horn for the rest of the season. I mean, I get it, guys. I do get it. But what you're basically saying is I don't trust the coach that he's playing the best guy. I mean, I I have heard nothing that indicates Sam Horn is ready to really play until the last 48 hours. Um, And Drinkwood said he's earned it. I think he's going to get a look whether it's in South Carolina, whether it's New Mexico, I don't know. He's going to get on the field. But there's nothing that tells me Sam Horn is definitely better. I I don't know that – I don't think a quarterback change alone fixes this thing because when you can't block anybody, I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe at, no, at no. some point, I guess you reach a point where you just say, I don't know, just try something different. And I get that, but I don't know if it would work. No, no. I mean, there's only that ceiling. I mean, I feel like if, let's say Sam is everything people want him to be. Behind this offensive line, let's say this team was at like a 70 overall, could get no higher than a 75 if Sam is the, if he's the QB. And if he's everything, that offensive line, I'm telling you, they can't get nothing going. The run game can't get going sometimes. It, you don't know, like, we say the running back group is the most consistent, but, like, because one of them is going to produce, but it's not just one every week. I mean, sometimes it's play calling, sometimes it's Brady. So there's so many things going on with this offense that I don't know how much Sam could just elevate this group. Yeah. All right. So just put these in order. Problems with the offense. Brady Cook, offensive line, coaching slash play call. O-line is the worst. Then it'd be Brady. Then it'd be coaching. I agree. That's the exact same order I'd go. Uh, Camden asked why Burden was so quiet in the second half. I mean, like Drinkwood said after the game, look, there were plays that we wanted to run to him. And he said – it was interesting the way he said it. I was just about to get said, to that. He said the ball doesn't always get thrown. Now, he didn't say Vandy was taking it away. He said the ball doesn't always get th- – so there probably were some throws there that Drinkwitz wants Brady to make that he didn't make. Yeah, the way the tone of when he answered it. You know, you know, it's – when Drinkwitz answers some questions, he takes a deep sigh, a deep – because he what he wants to say can usually be so unfiltered. So he's just like, let me make this appropriate or let me not throw somebody under the bus. But when he was asked that question, it was kind of like, yes, we we didn't say let's stop giving Luther the ball. That's a dumb idea. But what happened was there was, you know, things on our side and he just didn't get the ball because it certainly wasn't. I didn't see anything Vandy was doing that made it look like. No, I don't Luther think they changed the much. Or get him the ball. Uh, Phillip says, can you lay most of the blame on Cook when receivers aren't getting open? I, receivers aren't always open, but like I had somebody tell me, that on uh, on the the drive where Harrison Nevis missed the field goal that would have put him up twenty to seven on the third down play, I had somebody tell me that Dom Lovett was like alone in the end zone. Now, I, look, I didn't see it. I'm usually watching them all, 
but Gerard multiple times in a game will say, uh, you know, he's missed that guy wide open. So the, the quarterback deserves some of the blame. It's not all of the blame, but he deserves some of it. Oh, yeah. The, the receivers, I've said it up almost every week. This is probably oh, the yeah. best. The best week the receivers had as far as getting separation and getting open. I mean, Toski Dove getting that 46-yard completion. He was wide open. There's another play where Brady threw it over his head. He was, he was, again, wide open on a corner route. But there was at least three times today where I said he was open. He was, And these were all for big gains for the most part, except uh, I think Brady took a sack on a drag route that could have been thrown to Mookie Cooper. Probably could have got a first down on it. So it's partially on Cook and it's partially on the receivers. Um, as far as Horn playing baseball, look, he is on a football scholarship. He is going to be the starting quarterback. They are not going to let baseball interfere with that. He will play baseball. Football is the priority. Uh, Alejandro says Armand Mimbo didn't look bad getting more reps. Um, first of all, I just want to say this. Armand Mimbo should be the starting right tackle for this team the rest of the season. I also want to say the best part of this entire game was when the Vandy dude jumped off sides. And I wish I could recreate what Armand Mimbo did. Yeah. I mean, it probably should have been a taunting flag, but it was my favorite part of this whole game. Yeah, I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> um, let's see if we have anything new. Um, let's see. These are like, guys, I'm skipping over a lot of comments just because, uh, you know, a lot of them are the same. Todd Julian says Dalen Carnell is a dude. I didn't notice him today. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he was out there. Maybe he wasn't. I, he didn't. He's had a really good year. I think he's a better player than Martez Manuel, but I didn't notice Dalen specifically today. I second that. I didn't notice him today, but more times than not when he's out there, I do notice him. And part of this is, though, is the secondary. Those starters played so well that unless you made a play like how Joseph Charleston did or Ennis and KD with the pass breakups, I mean, you could have got overshadowed like that. I mean, we don't know. Carnell could have had a, a very key tackle. The, the secondary just played lights out. Yeah, uh, Brian says eight and four is still on the table. Brian, I also, I also can still be six five and win bodybuilding competitions. I mean, not gonna happen, you know. But uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. Is Rudy Peck wants to know is this worse than a loss? No, this ne a win's never worse than a loss. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Mo Football says I'd be willing to give Macon a shot at this point. Okay, I want to I want to tell you guys this, and I have to preface this by saying, I this is not like I'm not ripping Tyler Macon. I got nothing against Tyler Macon. He seems to be a good kid. He's been a soldier of the program. All that. I was down on the field in the first half or before the game started because I was taking pictures of Sam Horn because I expected him to play today. Missouri has three quarterbacks line up and like take snaps from centers and practice handing off. Tyler Macon was standing off to the side with no helmet on watching those three quarterbacks do that. Tyler Macon ain't gonna play. He just not, he's not in the plans. He's not gonna play. Um, that's all I've got to say. Uh, Bradley says they're playing the wrong guys on the O-line. Again, maybe there are better guys but we, at some point, we got to trust the coach that he's playing the right guys. Because if he's not, then you fire him. I mean. But we, we don't have the information to say that. Right. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 I hard-pressed a coach in his second job would be just holding a great offensive lineman, knowing his quarterback. He said himself, Brady Cook is not going to last long if he keeps taking these shots he's taking. So I, 
I find it hard that there's one he believes is like it's plug and play on the line. Yeah, no question. Um, okay, so I want to bring up something real quick, and, and I want you guys to respond because you had a better view of it on TV than we did. But, Gerard, I brought up a point talking, walking to the post-game press conference. I was talking to somebody. If this game's on ESPN instead of SEC Network, does Missouri lose? And by that, I mean, I thought Vandy might have picked up the first down on fourth and – half a yard or whatever but there was no camera angle that could change the call on the field so if they're on a network where there's a tv camera right on the first down marker i i don't know but i looking at replays in live i kind of thought he got it i i couldn't i couldn't exactly so i probably lean towards, towards that i think um Missouri tried to give it away. I'll say that. Missouri tried yeah. to give it away. No question. Um, so yeah, I mean, most of the comments seem to be uh seem to be, you know, kind of I, I think we've covered most things at this point. And I'm sorry that we haven't gotten all comments on the uh on, on the show, but you know, again, Gerard's uh Gerard's playing hurt today, and we've still got some stuff to write uh, about this game. Um I guess my, my closing thought, I'll just give you kind of a, a sneak preview of what I'm writing, is that I understand all the calls for a quarterback change. I just don't know if it makes a difference. Like, I, it might. I'm not saying it wouldn't, but I don't know if it would. Um, you know, Gerard, kind of kind of sneak peek at what, at what you're writing tonight and, and any, any kind of closing thoughts. Um. It's going to be led by the secondary. I mean, I know I've said it like three or four times probably. But, I mean, the secondary is, is good. I mean, the defense overall is good. But secondary, they're making hit stick tackles, interceptions, pass breakups. I mean, Will Shepard, top 10 in the SEC in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Three catches on 15 targets for 28 yards. I mean, shutting talking about shutting a number one down. And their number two had, I think, three catches for four yards. He was top eleven in receiving yards and receptions, I believe. So they they shut they shut that team down. One uh one other thing on. Well, I don't know. I had a thought in my head. I I've completely forgotten it. So uh, let's just let's just kind of wrap up with what's the rest of the season now? I mean, we do this at the end of every every week, right? We we look forward. You're sitting here today. What do you, what do you what's your call? Um, next week is going to be close, but because of the defense, but they're probably going to lose. If you can't score versus the the 130th ranked defense, I mean, you're not going to face a team that's basically middle of the pack after facing a team that's almost last and think you're going to win. That doesn't mean they can't. But if you're asking me right now in this moment. They're going to go to South Carolina. Oh, yeah, being on the road, something they can't do well, and probably lose another close one because they're not going to get the help offensively. Yeah, I uh, I think they're four and eight. I, I mean, I, I I don't – if they had played anyone else in the SEC today, they lose. And the rest of the year outside of New Mexico State, you know who they play? They play anyone else in the SEC. So, um, you know, I, I just uh, – and, and look, hey, 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they maybe they fix things. Uh, maybe they just needed to win and they they feel good and they come out and they play well. Maybe Arkansas plays like trash. Maybe Kentucky does. I don't know. Um, but I'm going four and eight. Um, that's that's what I see as of today. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at, guys. Seventeen fourteen win. Um, was a win. Right. Right. I mean, it, it does go somebody, under the somebody, somebody had to be leading at triple zeros, but I don't know if Missouri it, full on deserved it, at least the right. offense. But it does go under the W column. And uh, in the end, just like we said, hey, you know what? We've spent three weeks where fans have said, oh, well, we're close. We're almost we're almost five and one. And we said, no, you don't get to do that. So, yeah, they almost lost, but they didn't. And that still counts for something, you know. Yeah. So, so uh, that's where they're at. They're they're three and four. They're at South Carolina next week at three o'clock. Appreciate all you guys joining us. Uh, appreciate Gerard hanging out for a little while before he uh, he goes home and, and and finishes up from his couch and, and tries to recover a little bit, um, yeah. you know. But want to want to thank once again five seven three tees Check them out, guys. They can do single orders, custom orders, bulk orders. They do a lot of NIL stuff with Mizzou athletes. Uh, so you want to check them out. Any any apparel that you might need there's a lot of stuff besides mizzou stuff they got chief stuff and st louis gear and all that but uh definitely check them out for your mizzou stuff it's a great local business small company and and those are the kind of people that we really like to help out i'm sure it's been busy uh one last thing sixty thousand people first time since 2019 good on you mizzou fans they didn't do a lot to bring you back but uh but impressed that 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 many people showed up yeah it was a, it was a pretty pretty i mean all the home games it seems like it's getting uh progressively better and better for the most part. Um, but, yeah, guys, keep it locked in. Uh, next next week I'll be in the other Columbia. So make sure you follow me, and we're going to we're gonna see them either hopefully get an SEC win for them or a meltdown probably. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, it's look, the, the, the only thing we can guarantee on this side is a meltdown. There's going to be a meltdown about something. So uh, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for joining us. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, check out 573tees.com. If you're listening on the podcast, which I will put up shortly after this, leave us a nice review, say some positive things, share what we're doing on social media, all that. Plenty more to come tonight, and we will talk to you later on.